Get your ride ready for spring driving with Dobbs Spring Break Deals. Money saver deals you can use on Goodyear, Pirelli, Cooper, Michelin, and General Tires. Expert auto service, too. Click on GoToDobbs.com for spring break deals now. For over two decades, E&B Granite has been St. Louis's trusted name for kitchen, bathroom, and outdoor space renovations that are guaranteed to bring new life into your living spaces. Their skilled team will provide you with personalized customer service, fast turnaround times, and prices you won't find with big box stores. Support local and schedule free consultation at enbgranite.com or call them at 314-645-9300 or better yet, stop by the showroom and explore their massive inventory. Again, that's enbgranite.com. Time now for the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dom's Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Yes, yes. Welcome in. It's Balloon Party driven by Munganas, St. Louis Acura, and Alton Toyota on 101 ESPN. My name is Timothy Michael McKernan. On the ones and twos is Action Jackson. Come on in, friends. Gather around. Uh, a rare two-guest balloon party today, Jackson. Sorry, one more time, Tim. Well, I'll tell you what. I don't like to I don't like to reveal that I'm not in studio because for whatever reason in 2023 some people, usually skewing a little bit older if we're going to be transparent about it, have a real thing about somebody not being in studio in the audience. I don't know what that's about, but I would suggest you get used to it, brother. But if I were in studio with you, Jackson, I would be gunning a water bottle across the uh the dais right now. Couldn't be sorrier, Tim. Yeah, that's on me. What was going on? Uh, you watching Nuggets highlights? No. You know what? Uh, it was just on me. ADD hits, and sometimes you space out. I was getting all situated over here. I just ran down the hallway from TMA. And so uh, I was a little unprepared, and now I'm fully prepared and ready to lock in. I can tell you're smirking and smiling. I've got you, and I can't see it. I'm, I'm 1,500 miles away. I've got you smirking and smiling my number one, I'll play 78% on Mike Ryder. That's who you're smirking and smiling at. And I'll give 22% Matt Rocchio. What do we got? The 22% hits. Wow. Yeah. 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 So. Uh, Is Rocchio still in there? No. I guess I'll go full transparency. It's not a bad look for I was going to cover for him, but now I'm not going to. Um, he, t- he told me to turn my mic off so he could give me a, an important little note to say. And the note, honestly... Could have waited. It could have waited. And I, so I could. So who are you throwing under the bus right now? Matt Rocchio, yeah. Uh, oh, my God. You yeah. never throw somebody from South City under the bus when I'm. Yeah, posted. I was going to take the blame for it, but honestly, he gave me a, a little note uh, programming. So note. you guys are passing notes to each other. What did the notes say? It Do you was, like me? Check this box. <laughs> basically, it was like something that totally could have waited till after the show. And uh, he asked me to turn my mic off, and then I couldn't hear what you were saying. So that's the reason why I didn't hear you. You know what? I, I would think that after 15 months now and there's going to be a huge uh 16 month birthday party for this show uh coming up mm-hmm. that that we yeah it's it's a one hour midday show but we would have earned the respect of the morning drive producer slash board operator i mean i, w- I wouldn't come in there and, and interrupt randy Carricker or carrie davis or brooke grimsley or matt rocchio um and I feel like maybe we're discriminated against because we are a one-hour midday show. And, and Matt thought that he had the ability to just tell you to turn off my opening monologue, which is scripted so precisely. Uh, and, and, and candidly, I've, I've never been angrier 
Yeah, I think I, I get the sense that when we walk in the studio here, they're like, ooh, they, they can smell the HD2 on us. Yeah, I get that. And it's like, oh, God, these guys, like, what are they doing here? Like, how long is this thing going to keep going on for? It's like they yeah, just. Yeah, like, the, the over cover, the over actually was six weeks. So, yeah, uh, yeah, you know, it's at this that. point, it's. Yeah, but they uh, can smell the HD2 on us. They can, and, and I can tell they, they put their noses up, but, you know, you just smile and say, hey, you know, you have that plucky attitude, and I think that's what yeah, we're, the, we're the pluckiest the, show on HD One. Yeah, we're uh, we're light hitting middle infielders that will slide in unnecessarily to first base and get standing ovations when we return with the Rockies in our late thirties. So that's kind of what we are. But Jackson, what I was saying when you decided to turn the show off, <laughs> and I still believe you were watching Nuggets highlights and just decided to throw Rockio under the bus, uh, whether that be because of his Italian heritage or his South City native status, I'm not sure, but I assure you, counsel will be looking into it, and I'll be having a conversation with HR. But but I, what I was saying is it's a rare two-guest balloon party today. Ultra rare. Ultra rare two-guest day. And uh, I'm excited for it, though. Certainly are. Chris two- Kerber, 1015, and Max Bredos, who was on the call of City but I call them the dogs, not trying to get it over. It's just what I call them. City beating Real Salt Lake. And I'm sorry, defense, doggies, defense. Defense, defense doggies, defense. Defense, doggies, defense. So yep. good. 10-15, uh, Kerber, 10-30, Max Bredos. There you go. Yep. Yeah, the uh, MLS season pass play-by-play announcer, Max Bredos. I love that MLS season pass. It's great. It's really you get every single game. Like I, I'm not necessarily because they all kind of play at the same time. It's seven thirty local time wherever it is. But I just like having that option. You know, I just like it, and I think it's really cool. I, uh, I'm a huge fan of it. And uh, Max was on the call of the game in Salt Lake City this past Saturday, so we'll talk it over with him. And uh, and then we're 48 hours away from a little more than 48 hours away. I guess I'll say 53. I don't know or so hours away from the Cardinals opening up their season uh so we will talk about that as well chris kerber coming up uh jackson i I see you've prepared on today's program uh what is called tuesday questions a piddle passion project Mm -hmm. yep yep that's what i got for you today i uh i know that i want to get kerber on early okay because today what i'm going to do with chris kerber is i'm going to go deep diving on I, I get I don't know. Do you get emails from people at this point in your career, young man, fresh off of turning twenty five, about getting into broadcasting? No. Or does that not happen at this point? No, not really. Okay. It 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 could eventually wind up happening. I mean, from my standpoint, based on your Sports Center update last Friday, I would have thought they would have started coming in then. Yeah. But uh, bingo. But but either way, that that. You get emails from people, either parents whose children are interested in getting into broadcasting, I immediately tell them don't, <laughs> uh, or the, the, the students themselves asking about getting into broadcasting, and I, I do the same thing, don't. Uh, but, but if they are, at the very least, you know, caveat, take, take a listen to this, Jackson, oh, yeah, because yeah. we yeah. we, we want to always try to speak Latin on this show. I took four years of it at the university high school. Uh, which is something that's, I'm very insecure and I like to talk about going to a, a, uh, where I went to high school because I, I, I don't feel like it's provincial. Caveat emptor. Let the buyer beware. And hey, if you want to pursue it, God bless to each their own. 
we are pro-liberty on Balloon Party. Uh, we are pro-liberty and uh, we are anti-kink shaming on this show. That was yes. when Jackson and I got together and said we're going to do a one-hour show and come up with an asinine name that will receive criticism day in and day out. We're going to have two guiding principles, yeah. and that is we're going to support liberty and we are not going to kink shame. Yeah. Should it ever come up on 101 ESPN, we will not shame your kink. And so as, as people who are pro-liberty, we want people to pursue careers even if – I would show you the tax returns of thousands of people in the industry and you'd go, oh, God, how are they eating? So so that's 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 the thing that I want to say. But Chris Kerber has now been the voice of the blues for two decades. What is his story in broadcasting? I had a request to get into that. And I'm not talking about necessarily the last two decades of being with the blues. I'm talking about the grind to get the opportunity. So that's what I want to do with Chris Kerber. And I want to clear the time to do that because I know we're going to be on a tight schedule with Max Brados yep. at 1030. So there you go. I'm setting the stage. And then when we have our conversation with Max, we'll come back and then we will tend to Tuesday questions, a piddle passion project. Yeah. Yeah, that's it's, what a, it is. it's a fun little, just a little fun uh, quartet of questions. All right. Well, I, I do. I, I've, I've looked at uh, the, the Piddle Passion Project, and I am a big fan. But today, a rare, unprecedented two-guest Tuesday on Balloon Party, presented by Munganess St. Louis Acura, Chris Kerber. Our first guest, Max Bredos, talking doggies at uh, 1030. It's all coming up on Balloon Party, driven by Munganess St. Louis Acura on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back. This is Balloon Party, driven by Munganess, St. Louis Actor on 101 ESPN. Coming up at the bottom of the hour, Max Bredos, who is on the call on Apple TV for the dogs and the win on Saturday night against Real Salt Lake. And coming up right now in this segment, it is our pleasure to welcome to the program, ladies and gentlemen, the great Chris Kerber. Morning, Kerbs. Morning, Tim. How are you? I am wonderful. I, I this is this is more of a podcast kind of topic. Like if we had like an hour straight to just shoot the bull, so to speak. But yep. I, I I put it out there to our audience for more macro topics with the Blues. You know, finishing off a disappointing season. And one of the things that continues to get sent in um, is your development to get to the point of being the voice of the blues because the way that it works is probably not necessarily the way that most people in the public who aren't in the industry realize. And I think it's even more so if you're in play by play because you're starting out in the minors and you are not just calling games. You're doing a bunch of things in my business, doing television, starting out, you have to start in a small market, but I didn't have to like do media relations and possibly have a second job. So curbs, I'm going to uh, request that you tell the story of how slash why you got into the industry and what you were doing before you became the voice of the blues two plus decades ago. Uh, well, first you, you just, you got to have a passion for it because it, it takes up a ton of time, but I knew, you know, before college, I wanted to, I, this is what I wanted to do. Now I ended up uh, choosing to go to Miami of Ohio. I had, I had some options. I had uh, USC, Indiana, Purdue, and, and Miami of Ohio and, and decided to go to Miami. And one of the reasons was is in, in looking at the school, the student radio station, WMSR, nobody was really doing much sports. There was a lot of opportunity. 
to, to do that. Now, I, I did something different than a lot of people, uh, Tim. I actually went the business route. So I got a, I got a, a degree in marketing through the business school. And then I did all my extracurriculars at the student radio station. And by the end of you know my junior year, I was sports director of the student radio station. That senior year was general manager, um, and, wow. and really who, who really helped develop that that that's the, the radio station was Chris Rose, who you all know from Fox Sports. Sure, it was Chris. Chris was a year ahead of me. We worked together. Uh, Chris was sports director when I was a sophomore. He was a junior. Then he took over as general manager. I took over as sports director. He left, graduated, went to Cincinnati. I took over as general manager, and uh, so I got. I got some experience in just kind of running a student organization and a, and a radio station, you know, along those kind of lines. And then, you know, honestly, got a little lucky. I, I, I always thought maybe I'd be doing baseball or, or, or something or other, but I had really done, started doing a ton of hockey in sophomore, junior, and senior year and was actually part of the official broadcast team my senior year at, at Miami of Ohio, thanks to Mitch Korn, who, uh, you know, is a longtime goalie coach now in the National Hockey League. So, uh, I, you, you sent tapes out, and, and it, it just so happened that uh, contact I made, you know, uh, in Cincinnati that ran the Cincinnati Cyclones, Doug Kirchhofer. Uh, by the time we were able to meet, uh, his affiliate in the East Coast Hockey League was looking for an announcer. And uh, a few, you know, months or so later, I was working for the Birmingham Bulls. So um, I spent six years in the minors, two in Birmingham, four in Springfield. Uh, before coming back to, uh, and moving back home to St. Louis for the Blues job in 2000. And you're right, in the minor leagues, you're doing a ton. You're selling advertising. You're selling tickets. I mean, the, the very first meeting I had with Art Clarkson, who at the time was the owner of the Birmingham Bulls, after he hired me, he said, your job is to make more money for me than I pay you. That's exactly how wow. the meeting went. Wow. So it was get out there, sell advertising, and uh, – uh, I got a great advertising sales story for you along those lines with that uh, that involves the Golden Corral. But it was it was basically get out there and sell your butt off, and if you have time, then you can call a game later. And yet, so you learned every aspect of the business, which is great because now, you know, even all these years later, you know, I've done more more you know overseeing content development in our broadcast department for a while, and uh, here with the Blues and been a, uh, a part of the front office on some different levels. Um, it, the cool part is I have just such an amazing respect for every single role in the organization because coming through the minor leagues, you pretty much did it all and, and you played a role in it all. And, and man, do I value that experience? Yeah. That, and I think that's one of the things that if it were just handed to you without going to the minor leagues, perhaps there wouldn't be number one, an appreciation, but number two, some of the tools that you need, and I wouldn't necessarily say for, for, for being a play-by-play person, but but the behind-the-scenes business elements that you get to know, to do, and to appreciate of an organization. You know, like I was saying with local television starting out, I mean, in my mind, I, want, I actually wanted to do play-by-play and wound up at the University of Missouri Journalism School, and somehow I'm anchoring sportscasts, and I'm going, what am I doing? This isn't what I wanted to do, but that's what I wound up doing. But you wind up shooting the video, editing the video at that time, um, and a variety of other elements that you otherwise wouldn't have learned, which were super helpful getting things off the ground. Um, what did you find to be perhaps the most challenging element of all of the responsibilities? Because you don't know 
that this is going to have an ending that winds up in the NHL. I don't know how many teams were in the NHL at the time when you were doing it, but uh, there are only so many jobs and you have to somehow be one of the, the people holding one of the tickets to get one of those jobs. Yeah, it's a, and you're right. It's probably a topic for a longer podcast scenario, but I look, here's the thing. I, there are many different routes to get there. You don't have to go the minor league route that I have. There's other ways. Sometimes guys will do it. They're working in a market. Maybe they're doing stuff, you know, for uh, for a local radio station. An opportunity comes. You, they get a door open, and, and it kicks, and it's great. Um, there's not a right way or a wrong way. And, and, you know, I think some people are overly insecure and bothered by the fact that, you know, uh, you know, I didn't go this route, so people look at me this way. I didn't go to the minors, so I'm no, and, and I've never looked at it like that. It, everybody's path is different. Everybody's opportunity is different. Um, but I'll tell you, if, if you meet anybody that has made it, and by made it, I mean has one of these jobs, you know, or in, in your case, even you know, it just it just has any job that's up at a level that they wanted to get to. The one characteristic is they work their butt off. And and they weren't going to get outworked with any by anybody. So doesn't it, it doesn't matter whether you rode the bus. Somebody that rode the bus in the minors isn't better uh, at it necessarily than somebody else. Their experiences were just different. Now, for me personally, what I really learned about the process by riding the bus. I mean, it, and it, touring all throughout the South and and, and the East and, and 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 Maritime Canada. You know, over those six years, I just. I learned a different level of respect for, for the players and what it goes through from the athlete side to make it there. And so yeah, my perspective yeah, yeah. now, when, 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 when Jake neighbors gets sent down then they gets called up and they get sent down or, or a guy gets called up after spending five years in the minors, you know, having been on that bus with those guys for, for six years, like I, I know what it's like and just how much more it means because you've actually gone through that scenario with them. And, and to me, that's one of my greatest appreciations of the path that I took to get here is I can, even all these years later, I can, I can sympathize and empathize with, uh, with, with a Jake neighbors, with, with a player like a, you know, uh, a Tyler Pitlick that is, you know, signs a PTO and, and, and works to stay on a team, that kind of thing, because, uh, it really can be cutthroat and hard and challenging for them. And, uh, um, and, and, but it, it's an, like, I, I wouldn't trade at all. I mean, to, to, to have learned about how to help a team do merchandising and ticket sales and advertising sales and, and community. I mean, how I've been, I was, I, I was in the mascot uniform and parades, you know, in the minor league. So <laughs> it's, I, I wouldn't trade it a day of it. It is. Uh, it's a topic. I'm, I would imagine over the course of a year, you get uh, whether it be messages on Twitter or emails, or you just meet somebody out, and whether they're interested in getting in the business, or uh, or their parents are asking about getting into the business on behalf of one of their children. It's something I had so many people, and I'm sure you did too. And I'm, I'm I can't say this sincerely enough. And and it, it's. It's just the way that it works, and therefore I think you like to pay it forward because you recognize you had so many people when you're coming up help you out and answer questions directly and not necessarily say, yeah, it's the greatest thing in the world. Also say, here are some of the things that you're up against, and you also have to be cognizant of things that you probably aren't thinking about because you just love sports. You have to think about what that GM told you. I want to make more money from you than I'm paying paying you. And that's, that's very direct. It's also honest, and it's good to hear that at a young age. Uh, those are the kinds of things that I like when I get a chance, when somebody emails me and we get on a phone call, 
that I like to say because it really helps to not have somebody go in wide-eyed and pretend potentially ignorant to what can be absolutely a wonderful, wonderful business. But it's important to know that uh, there are there is a lot of work, like you said, Curbs, that go into it in order to get to one of these spots where you're calling games in the NHL. Like you said, uh, it would be a great topic to uh, have uh, with a variety of play-by-play people, perhaps telling the stories and recommendations for young people. I wanted to get this one in here today. Thank you for sharing the story, sir. I enjoyed uh, hearing some of the background on how you went from uh, from St. Louis to Miami, Ohio, to the St. Louis Blues. Yeah, listen, guys like Tim Wilson listen to my tapes. Uh, you know, when I was in when I was in college and in the minor leagues, uh, guys send me tapes that I listen to, and, and and because of that, I like literally anybody. I, I respond to all of them. It's just yep. uh, I yep. think that's how you pay it forward when you do it. Uh, I, I'm, there's no chance I'm where I'm at without uh, having met Lisa Beatty and, and and the work she's done and and how supportive she was. And I was when I was growing up. I mean, I inter- I interned for I interned I, I was an intern in high school for. Mel Carnahan answering letters, just looking for a summer internship to, to span jobs. I, you know, I interned for Randy Carricker at KMOX. John Cooper at KMOX was was huge. You know that year, all those different little experiences that somebody can get that that, and it doesn't have to be in the broadcast world. Broaden your horizons as best as you can on so many different fronts, and the education, the experiences that you have, eventually you'll bring those to the microphone. And you're going to have a lot more fun because you're that much more rounded. That's exactly right. That is great counsel right there. Curbs, enjoyed the conversation. Thank you so much for the time this morning. You got it, Tim. Have an awesome week, brother. You too. That's Chris Chris. Kerber with us here on Balloon Party, driven by Munganass, St. Louis Acura, and Alton Toyota. We will be joined in our next segment on a two-guest Tuesday by Max Bredos, MLS season pass play-by-play announcer. He was on the call of... The Dogs against Real Salt Lake on Saturday. We're going to get his perspective on just how good this team is and what they are doing that is leading to this unprecedented success. That's coming up next on Balloon Party, driven by Mungan St. Louis Acura on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back. This is Balloon Party, driven by Munganass, St. Louis Acker, and Alton Toyota here on 101 ESPN. Tim McKernan, Action Jackson with you until the top of the hour. Blues play-by-play voice Chris Kerber with us in the previous segment. If you missed that, talking about how he got started in broadcasting, the minor league gigs, the whole deal, you can go back and podcast that via the Dobbs Tire and Auto Center podcast. Right now, here on a rare two-guest Tuesday on Balloon Party, it is our pleasure to welcome to the program... The voice of MLS season pass play-by-play announcer, Max Bredos. Max, good morning. Good morning, Tim. Thank you so much for the invite. Uh, thrilled to be on with you and happy to talk St. Louis City. I mean, it is, uh, it's an exciting development for, I'm sure, the city and, and certainly for the league. I mean, it's a, it's, a, it's a national story at this point. That is incredible to hear. I anticipated, Max that in St. Louis, a city that's passionate for its sports, an incredible sports market, despite what was said by Stan Kroenke on the way out to to move the Rams to Los Angeles, that that St. Louis would have incredible support and a younger fan base, perhaps, than what we see at Cardinals and Blues games. But I didn't anticipate the level 
of the atmosphere that we've seen in the two home games so far. It's been phenomenal. And I don't think anybody could have foreseen the quality of play we've seen from the team. So I wanted to get your thoughts as somebody who called the game this past Saturday night on what we've seen on both of those fronts. Yeah, those are two very uh, important fronts and foundation stones for uh, any club. And uh, I'm glad you said that because I'm in the same boat. And I've been to St. Louis on a couple occasions. I hope I get to go there a lot more, in particular to see this club up close and, and get to watch a game or call a game in that incredible new park. Uh, but, you know, I've always heard about St. Louis and its soccer culture. And I was like, yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, it's uh, maybe it's oversold a bit. But now that I've seen it, everything that was said before uh, is uh, absolutely accurate. This is a city that um, has its roots. And after calling that game and doing it, I want to know more about what's happening in St. Louis. I want to know more about the neighborhoods. I want to know more about um, uh, the history of, of the sport there. Because clearly... What I took away from that experience is that it felt like this club has been around for years. And by the end of the podcast, I felt, I felt insincere calling them an expansion club. It was a really strange experience for me to do that. So that is the first part. And then the, the, the performance of this team on the field, I thought, okay, they've been getting, we've been hearing a lot about how they've been getting lucky breaks and Lutz Feinstein kind of addressed that. There is no luck here. I mean, they're making their own luck. And this is, uh, from what I've seen, and I don't want to be a prisoner of the moment, but I watched, uh, I've watched bits of most of the game. I've watched the last three games in their entirety. Uh, they're they're going to have some staying power. Uh, are they going to be undefeated? No. But this is a playoff team right now for me. Uh, I, I, I can say that without any reluctance. It is two amazing developments that you touched on that is, I think folks in St. Louis are going to be proud. And, engineering all of that is that incredible support for these fans. I saw that at that home game. They don't sit down and they, mm-hmm. uh, they again, it feels like it's been there before, which is, uh, it's impossible to accomplish, but they've accomplished that in St. Louis. Max Bredos, kind enough to join us here on 101 ESPN. He was on the call in Salt Lake City of the win on Saturday night. MLS season pass play-by-play. MLS season pass is home to every single MLS regular season match, and you can catch it. I love the access that you get uh, with that Apple TV app. I'm curious about the style of play because we've heard a lot about this style of play, that this was, of course, a conscious decision by City's front office and their coach to go, you know what, this is what we're going to have to do if we're going to compete. And it's a pressing style of play that certainly has worked. In your opinion, and it sounds like it based on the fact that you believe that this is a playoff team, is this something that is sustainable over the course of a full season? You're certainly going to face some weather uh, in the summer. You're going to be traveling to the West. Uh, What do you think about this style of play and its sustainability and potential adjustments for the opposition? It's it's going to be hard to sustain, and I, uh, what, I, what I've seen from their opponents is that uh, clubs haven't really seen anything the way specifically that St. Louis presses, the way they play. And eventually I think they'll catch on to that and they'll know what the positioning and um, how to address it a bit. But I, I would also say St. Louis has adapted very nicely. Uh, their first two away wins, in Austin and Portland, they played with one forward. And now they're playing with two, which is a little more aggressive on the road. Generally, you would think a club 
an expansion club, again, it feels weird to say at this point, is going to be a little bit more cautious when they're away from home. But I haven't seen that from St. Louis. And it's really messing with these uh, opponents' head. Um, and uh, other clo- I, I spoke to Pablo Mastroeni, the head coach of Real Salt Lake, and he couldn't stop waxing poetically about this team. Their uh, opponents are really uh, been caught off guard and surprised about the spirit, the, the swagger of this team. And while I don't think it's sustainable, I think uh, parts of it will be. I mean, they're not a very deep club. No, no one in MLS is very deep, to be perfectly honest. And that might catch on to them. But they have a pretty clean slate in the sense they don't have too many guys that, uh, like, they didn't get affected too heavily by the international break. And not that there's going to be too many of those. But uh, I, I think they'll be able to adapt in a, in a lot of ways. I mean, that is a, a style that requires a lot of energy. And they did it in Salt Lake. But, I mean, they were the stronger team. And they've been the stronger team in the second halves throughout this season. So while I think there's a chance it gets caught a little bit, and again, they'll, they'll probably drop some points here in the month of April. Maybe they don't, but uh, it's, it's something that uh, is their calling card. And again, the other clubs in Major League Soccer haven't quite seen it the way St. Louis are doing it. And if they get a, if they get a wave of confidence, which when I saw them on this past Saturday, they've got that right now. I think they can do some pretty cool things. But they've got a great goalkeeper. Uh, we saw that in Roman Berkey making the stops. They have a striker who is all in. And they also have um, been able to find a lot of players that other clubs didn't want. And they have revitalized them to a point where, I, again, that's something that you just don't see. You know, players that may have been uh, in a situation where they were saying, ah, maybe I'm, soccer's not for me. And now they're playing important minutes for St. Louis City. So uh, all of that is, is certainly in place for the club. And I think uh, it, while uh, it'd be hard to imagine teams don't f- figure out some elements right now, they're, they're scratching their head when they play St. Louis. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's something to behold here from the St. Louis fan perspective. MLS season pass play by play announcer Max Bredos, our guest. Final uh, line of thought here, Max. In, in St. Louis, we've now gotten a chance to see uh, the team travel to Austin, to Portland and to Salt Lake City. And of course, we've seen the two home games. The atmosphere in St. Louis has been incredible. You've already talked about that. Number one, what are, in your opinion, uh, the best venues, the best atmospheres, that is, around MLS, and how so far does St. Louis compare? And secondarily, how much of an impact uh, is a home crowd when you really have that kind of energy going? Because no matter what, uh, so far, City is 3-0. and on the road. Well, yeah, and look, they won at very difficult places. I mean, some clubs take years to say they won at Salt Lake, which is one of the top five home field advantages. Portland is extremely challenging because of the great support they have there, because certainly in the month of March, it's hard to win there when it's cold and rainy. And they also have to deal with the artificial surface. So, And then Austin has very rapid support. I would put Austin on that list of mm-hmm. uh, best support teams. So those are three unique challenges away and St. Louis has won all three of those games. That is unheard of. But I, I've talked to a lot of players, and I think a, a rabid support will help the home team, but you will talk to players, and they're going to mark their calendars when they go to St. Louis because they want to experience that. They get a lift from that as well. Whether it gives yeah. them a victory is a different story, but, I mean, St. Louis is right up there right now with, uh, 
Uh, the best ones, I think, you look at the older guard of Seattle and Portland that draw so well. Seattle's a bigger stadium, so it's hard to get that atmosphere to the point where you might get it in a 20,000, 22, 25,000-seat stadium like St. Louis, like Austin, like LAFC. Um, these are – the support is – by the way, it's a new – it's a new thing because I've covered this league almost from the beginning and you would get, you know, giant football stadiums, NFL stadiums, which would be a quarter, if not less full. And now you have the soccer specific ones and they all have um, created a fan culture and it's a lasting fan culture and it's contagious and it, it will continue to grow. And I know in St. Louis, I've heard this, these season ticket deposits and this waiting list uh, that support isn't going anywhere. Win, lose or draw for the team. But, I think the ideal situation, MLS, um, all due respect to Atlanta and Seattle playing NFL stadiums that draw very well, and Charlotte, they're going to get a new stadium, but they also play an NFL stadium. St. Louis got it right with the capacity, with that roof. That is where you get this European feel to uh, yeah. these games, and that is what you want. So St. Louis is right in the sweet spot when it comes to stadium experience and support. It's a perfect set of circumstances so far here. You had a market that was hungry for a team, a great ownership group to put it together, build that stadium. And then, of course, who could have seen a 5-0 and start? Uh, all of that culminating with an incredible atmosphere. We will see it again this Saturday. And you can see it, MLS season pass home to every single MLS regular season match. Max Bredos. We'll be on the call of those games, and he's kind enough here to join us on 101 ESPN. Max, really enjoyed the conversation. Thank you so much, and uh, I know St. Louisans appreciate your enthusiasm for what is going on here in St. Louis with this new club. Uh, I appreciate that too, Tim, and hopefully I'll get to call a game there in St. Louis uh, in the not-too-distant future. I know they have a big game in Seattle. I'll be on the call for that in a couple weeks. Can't wait. Top two teams in the West. Uh, Enjoy it, St. Louis. You guys have a really good thing there. Max, I appreciate it, man. This has been great. Thank you so much. My pleasure, Tim. That's Max Bredos with us here on 101 ESPN MLS Season Pass play-by-play announcer. Great conversation with him and certainly an appreciation for what's going on here that goes beyond just St. Louis. Uh, It is getting talked about throughout MLS and the soccer world. All right, when we come back, Jackson, we have uh, your series of questions called the Tuesday Twofer Shoot'em-Up. Tuesday questions, a Piddle's passion project. Oh, it was P alliteration. Uh, we will have that coming up to uh, wrap up the program. Then it's BK and Ferrari at the top of the hour. This is Balloon Party, driven by Munganess, St. Louis Acura, and Alton Toyota on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back. This is Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. Tim McKernan, Action Jackson with you for another nine minutes on a rare two-guest Tuesday. Jackson, I think you can put a feather in your cap, or should I say two? (laughs) (laughs) Wonderful. Oh, it's so wonderful, isn't it? But you know what? Maybe you can complete the trifecta here with this Piddle's Power presentation. Yeah, Tuesday questions. A little Piddle passion project. Okay. Let's kick it off. So we discussed yesterday that the Cardinals' success doesn't necessarily hinge on Jack Flaherty's success. However, who would be three guys on the the roster who the Cardinals' season does hinge on their success? Furthermore, who are three additional guys that can make this good team a great team and help make a deep playoff run? 
All right. What I think you're asking me are who are guys who have to perform, otherwise the season's going to be a debacle, yep. and who are guys who could perform to take the ceiling to a world championship level. You nailed it, Tim. All right. That, that, I'm so excited about myself yet again. <laughs> the three would be uh, Arenado, uh, who I am. Uh, I think there's a value play to be made, just like I gave you Sam Burns at the WGC match play, play and he shipped it. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Arenado, Goldschmidt, and Michaelis, they all have to be damn good. Yep. Um, I just I, that 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 you can certainly make a case for Contreras if you wanted and, and take a pick on an outfielder, I suppose. But I feel like if 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 one of those guys has a major drop off, uh, the Cardinals are going to have problems still because the division they're in, they still might wind up winning the division. But will they really be a team that can can do damage in October if one of those guys is either hurt or just having a bad year? And I would say it would be awfully difficult. But if they were to still have uh, a chance to win in October with one of those three or two of those three not performing how you would expect, uh, that would be because of Jordan Walker, Jack Flaherty, and I guess I'm going to go t- the Tyler O'Neill route mm-hmm. uh, because we've seen him perform at a level, albeit really it was one big year. So I feel like that's more outlier, but we know it's there because you can make the same case on Flaherty. It was one big second half, although the, uh, he had a first half that was super strong before uh, the injury following that year. So I'll go with Walker. We have zero sample size to work off of Flaherty and O'Neill. Jackson, how would you answer those questions? Would you be your three floor guys and your three ceiling guys? So the floor guys, I total agreement. It has to be Goldschmidt, Arenado, and Michaelis. I think it'd be tough to argue otherwise. My three, and then we almost have the same three ceiling guys. I'm with you on Walker. Obviously, he could be you know a huge X factor. O'Neill, because if he's playing as good as he can, he can steal bases. He can hit for power. He's a great fielder. He's everything you want. And then I'm gonna go. A little off the board. I'm gonna go Ryan Helsley as my uh, as my third ceiling guy because if he can be a force like he was in 2022 again and really uh, anchor that bullpen, that would be outstanding. Yeah, I I, I see what you're saying there. I, I I think I think the Flaherty thing is. You know, we talked about Flaherty yesterday because so much of the Flaherty discussion in St. Louis uh, is rooted in personal feelings which is uh, not necessarily particularly common in St. Louis. But either way, um, I'm very confident in stating that. I would imagine a lot of people agree, and then a lot of people who might be uncomfortable with getting called on it would disagree with it, and that's fine. I honestly don't care. Um, But I feel like Flaherty is the one guy in the rotation who really could theoretically have a Cy Young caliber year Jordan Montgomery ceiling probably isn't that it would be magical if Adam Wainwright could do that at this point in his career I don't think anybody's really expecting that and I don't think Stephen Matz is a Cy Young caliber guy so that's my reasoning on that although real straightforward I don't expect it but he's the one who could do it um so with that all said uh yeah Helsley I feel like Helsley Jackson is carrying around five months worth of living with 15 minutes in October. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? All about game one against Philadelphia and that debacle. Yeah. And I think that his colored Cardinal fans, and I, hey, I don't blame you, by the way. I'm not chastising anybody for it. Uh, that has colored his effectiveness because there is a guy before a ball batted in Pittsburgh in a meaningless game just a few days before the playoff started was as dominant as anybody in the game. 
And uh, and that is why Ali Marmol was so comfortable going to him. And unfortunately, it all unraveled in what was an incredibly costly postseason uh, loss against the Phillies to start that series. All right, I think we have time for one more question here in this Piddle's powerful precipitation. Yeah, absolutely. And one quick more thing about Helsley, that combined with he, he lost his arbitration case this year, I think yeah. he'll, he'll be coming in with a chip on his shoulder to prove himself in a big way, and I think that could be a huge X factor. Uh, all right, this uh, I'll go with one more. The Rock was quoted in USA Today article discussing the rating slide from the 2020 version of the XFL. The Rock said that the numbers are not apples to apples with 2020 and also definitively said there will be an XFL season in 2024. In your opinion, are the rating discrepancy a concern for the future of the league? Do you think the XFL is sustainable enough for a five-year run? Well, I my number one overall thought is, is the XFL about turning a profit in the short term or is the XFL about growing a brand to be able to spin it off either to the NFL or a television network, a streaming provider uh, in a matter of years? Because if the answer is the latter, they don't care about short-term profit. In other words, let's just use an arbitrary number. We know it's not the number. Let's say they lose a million dollars this year and next year. And let's say they lose $2 million in year three, but then they wind up selling it for let's say $100 million just to operate off of round numbers, even though those ratios may not be correct, then it's a business model that would make sense. But if they are short on cash and short on capital supporting this thing, then that changes the conversation. But candidly, I have no idea what the long-term play is for the XFL. In other words, are they just looking to be bought by the NFL and then go on about their business? I don't think The Rock got into this because he was looking for a project. He's doing just fine. So therefore, I think he's going to stick with it. And I do think that there is a long-term play on this. Um, Similar to uh, what we're seeing with the phenomenon that is uh, the dogs here in St. Louis. Uh, This is getting ridiculous support in St. Louis, despite lackluster support in most of the other cities. I know people immediately say, well, why are they playing in cities with NFL teams? The answer to that question is for the television deal. But I wonder if they would move on from, say, an obvious one where we just saw the Battle Hawks this past weekend, Jackson, Las Vegas. And uh, I think Francis Park would be a better venue for Las Vegas. And I would like to see St. Louis have two teams. One can play at the Dome. And at this point, I actually think Francis Park is a better football facility than the Dome. So then Las Vegas can relocate to Francis Park and St. Louis can have two football teams uh, to continue the mission to shove it up Stan Kroenke's backside. So that is my assessment of the XFL. (laughs) I'm just picturing about 20,000 people in lawn chairs on the side of Francis Park. Yep. Yep. (laughs) The the traffic on Tam Avenue. Yeah, people Phenomenal <laughs> parking. Yeah, I have no. I, I mean, I don't know where Las Vegas is playing. It looked like you know oh, we're like worst. company softball teams yeah. gathered to host a tournament in May. Yeah, but uh, that is where the, an XFL franchise is playing. So unbelievable. Yeah, outside of San Antonio and uh, in St. Louis, the uh, the attendance numbers lackluster and the tele numbers. But I just don't think I don't think that that I don't think they're going. Oh, hold on a second. There isn't a great deal of enthusiasm for spring football. There never really has been. Right. 
So therefore, I think the tie to the NFL shows you that this is a long-term play potentially associated with the NFL and not about what the PL looks like for 2023. Uh, BK and Ferrario are coming up next. Thank you to Chris Kerber and Max Bredos for their time today on the program. Is anything, go back and podcast it via the 101 ESPN app. And that podcast is presented to you by Dobbs Tire and Auto Center. It is 11 o'clock in St. Louis. This time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers. For Action Jackson, I'm Tim McKernan. This has been Balloon Party, driven by Munganest, St. Louis Acura, and Alton Toyota on 101 ESPN. You've been listening to The Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.